Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. So let's, let's talk about Mary. Let's talk about who she was. Let's talk about the life she lived. And then let's talk about our lives. Let's pray. Father, we come before you. And today, Lord, I stand up here as your representative. I thank you, God, that not one person leave this place today. Not one person online hears this message without receiving something from you. God, you're such an encouraging God. You're such a loving God. And we thank you that you want the best for our lives. And so today, as we receive this word, we ask that you open our hearts and that you speak to us, you share with us exactly what you want us to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. So about Mary, do you know, and a lot of you probably do, that she was only about 13 or 14 years old when she became the mother of Jesus. And so if I think about my 13 or 14-year-old girl coming to me and talking to me about being pregnant and carrying a child, and it was a virgin birth, you know, I might wonder, hmm, what's with this girl? What kind of story is she telling me? Thinking about Mary, how she lived, she lived in a town, and the town had about, there were about 400 people. So it says also that at that time, the reason women got pregnant earlier is lifespans weren't as long back then. And so they wanted to have a lot of babies. (laughs) And so they started early, which is an interesting concept, but that's how it was. (laughs) And the town that she lived in was about 400 people. The people were physically active. They were caring They were people that family was really important to them, and they were loyal people. Generations lived in all in one area, so the way their houses were were like either they were like stucco or limestone built houses, and usually like a rectangle. You've you've probably seen pictures of what it looked like in Bethlehem and Nazareth and all those kinds of places. And um, one of the things that was interesting is they may have had four families that were part of one big family. They shared a courtyard, but they had all the houses around it that were about two-room houses that each family lived in, and then they shared the courtyard. And the courtyard had things like their, um, their oven for cooking. They had their, they even had a bathroom, which Um, a little gross to me, but it was a community toilet. (laughs) And what they had was about 12 seats in this area. And I guess everybody just went out there and hung out and did what they needed to do. (laughs) But that's how they did the bathroom thing. The houses also had a rooftop. Uh, The rooftop was was always flat with just a little bit of incline so that they could drain water and the water would be something that they use then for their drinking water. They also use that space for gathering. They use that space for hanging their clothes to dry. So they were pretty industrious people. And when you think, again, we are really 
I mean, I'm glad I was born today and not way back then, although some of you might have liked that simplistic lifestyle. (laughs) But Mary was an ordinary person. And so when I look out in this congregation and I look at myself, I'm an ordinary person. Mary was an ordinary person that God used in an extraordinary way. Let's take a look at Luke. Jesus' birth foretold in Luke 1, 26 through 50. In the NIV, it says, In the sixth month of Mary's or of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings. You who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Imagine that 13 or 14-year-old girl when that angel appeared. Like, how would you be if an angel appeared to you? There might be like, oh my goodness, like what's happening right now? But what was her response? She thought, probably, who am I to be chosen by God? But God had favor on her life. Favor means to regard with kindness, to support, to afford advantages for success. She was someone who lived a life pleasing to God. Like, I think of my life, I think of areas in my life, and there's areas that I fall short sometimes when it comes to pleasing God. To live a life that's pleasing to God at that level, that he would choose her to do the work that, he, that she did in this earth is absolutely amazing. And so, again, as we're, we're talking about these things, really think, I guess, put yourself back in that time and think about Mary. Think about her situation. What did Mary do first? The first thing that she did was she made a choice to obey God. So if God asks you to do something, what's the first thing that you do? Maybe you've said yes, 
And then you thought about, okay, well, if I say yes to this, then this is going to have to happen, and that's going to have to happen. And so maybe my yes turned into a maybe, because maybe the yes is too difficult. Maybe you wondered about what people would think. Do you think that maybe Mary thought, oh, my goodness, what are people going to think? I have this guy, Joseph, that I'm committed to marry. Marry, like getting married, (laughs) wed. And to know that um, she's pregnant and it's not his child, you know, Joseph probably had a few problems with that too. (laughs) Did she wonder how she'd tell her parents? Again, 13, 14 years old. There's a lot of things, a lot of obstacles that were in her way. But again, it's thinking, what does it cost for you to obey God? I know for me, when I said yes, my first real yes was asking Jesus into my heart to be the Lord of my life. And I knew at that time when that happened, things were going to be different in my life. Things were going to change. Not because God made me have to change things but because I wanted to. I wanted to live a life that was honoring God. People might not be cool with the decisions you've made. Maybe friends or family, people you work with. Maybe your lifestyle is going to be different. It's always kind of confusing to me when, I, when I'm around people that say yes to God, but then I see areas that when I read my Bible, that yes... <laughs> And that lifestyle doesn't exactly match up. Because, you know, when we say yes to God, it's wholehearted. It's not this department. Every Sunday when I'm in church, I'm saying yes to God. Every Sunday when I'm in church or when I'm around my Christian friends, I act a certain way. But then when I get around other people, it doesn't really matter. But you know it does matter. (laughs) I was one of those people that said yes to God, and then after I said yes to God, I was hanging out in the bars and still partying and that kind of thing. But do you know the yes to God never went away from me because I felt this thing inside, and it's called conviction, where like, okay, if I'm around these people doing this stuff, and then I'm in church doing this stuff, who really am I? For me, it was being a hypocrite. For others, it just might be your walk with God, and he's working with you and through, through you, working on things in your life. It can cost you time to say yes. You know, um, when I was growing up, Netflix wasn't a thing. <laughs> Today, next, Netflix is a thing. Like, you can binge watch all kinds of things. Imagine if you binge watched or binge read your Bible, <laughs> spent time with the Lord, like you can binge watch stuff on Netflix. You know, just getting real here, right? (laughs) We're ordinary people. (laughs) So maybe God's giving you a dream, but you don't want to leave the past or you don't want to leave your present to embrace the future that God has for you. Mary told somebody that she was going to give birth to Jesus, but she couldn't just tell anyone. You know, it was Elizabeth that she went to. In Luke 1.42, 
It says in a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you'll bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord would come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. The next thing that Mary did is she was careful who she told. Mary shared the news with Elizabeth, and Elizabeth, Elizabeth was pregnant, advanced in her years. And what that meant is she probably, at that time, advanced in your years, was about 60 to 70 years old. Um, Matthew, don't worry. <laughs> God, you heard me, right, right? <laughs> but she was pregnant at 60 to 70 years old. That's a miracle, right? That's a miracle. And so because Elizabeth was carrying a miracle, Mary shared the miracle that she was carrying with somebody else who experienced a miracle. And it's interesting that Elizabeth went before her. Elizabeth was pregnant before her. So when Mary went to her, she was going to an older woman somebody that she trusted that was a mentor to her. And so knowing that she had to go to somebody who experienced the goodness of God, because I believe that down the road, Elizabeth was a huge encourager to Mary. And so if you think about your life, I think about my life. You know, when, when our childcare here, Canaland, was first starting, I didn't go to people who didn't know anything about starting a childcare <laughs> when I needed wisdom and to learn about it. I went to people that were well-established in already doing that kind of thing to get wisdom, to learn from them, to be mentored from them. So again, when you think about what has God called you to, what do you know he's put in your heart? Surround yourself. Go to people that have already accomplished something that you're desiring to do. Another thing is that we have to be careful who we share our miracles with. We have to be careful who we tell about the things that God's put in our lives, in our hearts. Because you could tell me something, I'd be like, eh, in order to do that, you have to do this and you have to do that because I'm a pretty practical person. And I could be one of those people, even though I love God, would think about all the practical things and reasons it wouldn't work instead of what did God say. As a matter of fact, we have a little situation like that in our family. We have um, our daughter, Mackenzie, who from the time she was about 12 or 13 years old had always said she wanted to go to Hillsong College. And Hillsong College, the one that she wanted to go to was in Australia. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm, my, like, 12, 13-year-old daughter is going to go to Australia when she's 18? Forget it. Not happening. <laughs> there are all kinds of colleges that 
focus on worship and music and vocals right here in the United States where we could drive a car there. We didn't have to get on an airplane or a ship or anything to see her or her come back home. (laughs) And so I thought of all these reasons that it didn't have to work that way. God could still meet her and speak with her and, and train her in those areas right here in the United States, right? Well, that's not what she thought. <laughs> and so we would go looking at other schools because we went with our older children too at the same time because we had those children right in a row. <laughs> and so we were looking at colleges. And so one day Mackenzie said to me, Mom, I feel like, and she probably was about 14 then, she said, Mom, I feel like every time you say I shouldn't go to Australia or there's schools in the United States, that you think I can't hear from God. <laughs> okay, Mackenzie, okay, you can do what you want, okay. You know, I mean, inside I was like, I don't want to take that from her. If she really believes God spoke to her, who am I to take that from her? And so from that day on, no more. She never heard that from me again. So Mackenzie went to Hillsong College in Australia, and she was there. She went to the first-year program and then the second year, and then COVID happened. That's the beginning of this year. And so guess what? Um, She had to come home because of COVID. (laughs) But she's at another college in the United States, (laughs) It's a Hillsong College, and it's in Australia. It's in its second year of um, college. And so it's awesome that she's, she's part of the first year, first time, second year class at that college. She's having an amazing time. But, you know, God ordained those steps. It wasn't me. <laughs> and so sometimes we have to get out of the way. Sometimes we have to be careful who we share things with. Because our dream could be way bigger than anything that they could ever imagine. The other thing is Mary did is she magnified the Lord and not negative about the situation. Luke 1, 46 and 47, Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced with God my Savior. You know, when God tells you something, magnify the Lord. Magnifying means make him bigger than every situation. With me, with Mackenzie, I wasn't magnifying the Lord. I was magnifying all the obstacles. It was Mackenzie who was magnifying the Lord. And so when God's given you something, make that bigger in your life than all the no's that you're going to hear from other people. And other people, even meeting the enemy, who will speak no's into your thinking. Nope, you can't do that. Nope, this is in the way. God's put it in you, and if he's birthed it in you, it's going to happen. You just have to align with him. That's all. <laughs> and so, when it, what does it mean when we say yes? It means that a woman who carries a baby does things a little bit differently than somebody who's not carrying a baby. So I can remember being pregnant with Daniel, our first, who's 28 years old now. I can remember being pregnant with him, and my husband has this thing, like, not to rip on him or anything, but I do have the microphone, so 
When we get behind um, the vehicle, when he gets behind the steering wheel, every once in a while, maybe more than every once in a while, he dozes off. (laughs) And you know, it really annoys me because I'm on the other side, you know, I'm in the vehicle and, you know, something could happen. But it was like then when he did that, I got so upset. I'd be like, do you realize you're falling asleep and I am carrying a child in my womb? (laughs) There's more than just you and I in this vehicle. Like it was such a big deal to me. Of course, I've gotten over that. but (laughs) But for me, it was so magnified that I had to do things different in my life because I was carrying a miracle. If you're carrying a miracle, if God's put something inside you, you've got to do things different. You have to make changes. You have to look at your situation and how can it happen? Not, no, it'll never happen. Nothing good ever happens to me. I'm just, bah, bah, bah. Well, you know, that's not what God says. <laughs> and so get in the word. Hear what, hear what God says about you. The next thing is Mary didn't give up. She followed through and the miracle was completed. She didn't give up. Luke 2, 4 through 7 says, So Joseph left Nazareth, a town in Galilee, and went to the town of Bethlehem in Judea, known as the town of David. Joseph went there because he was from the family of David, and Joseph registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and whom was now pregnant. While they were in Bethlehem, the time came for Mary to have the baby. And she gave birth to her first son. Because there were no rooms left in the inn, she wrapped the baby with pieces of cloth and laid him in a feeding trough. You know, we've got these cute little manger scenes, don't we? (laughs) It wasn't a cute little manger scene. Do you know when Mary and Joseph made that trek? She was on a donkey. That carried her. She was full-term pregnancy. They say it's nine months. To me, it's ten. So <laughs> she was very pregnant. She's on a donkey. She's on, they're not paved highways. These are nasty roads. <laughs> Some of them are washed out. The temperature is cold. It's in the 30s. It can be in the 30s during the day. And it can be rainy and damp. And they made that trek. It was 90 miles. Can you imagine doing that for 90 miles? I might have given up. (laughs) I might have been, where's the Uber we can call, right? (laughs) And so she didn't give up. She kept on. And where that stable was, they said was probably more like a cave. And so it was wet. It was damp. And it wasn't like all this wonderful hoopla that it, it looks to be like all oh, the kings there and all that. That probably didn't happen for a few years later because it took them a really long time. They were four to f- 400 to 500 miles they traveled. And they traveled, they watched that star. So that meant that they were traveling at night because I don't see many stars during the day. <laughs> and so knowing, knowing what they did when they said yes, to go see the king. And then a miracle, even when it comes, might not look 
the way you think it should look. You know, when I think about my life and how I had it all planned out, I was going to get married by the time I was 21, and I was going to meet this wonderful man, all this good stuff. Well, I, I got married when I was 31 and had my first child when I was 32, and that was supposed to happen like way before, but that was my plan. It's what was God's plan. There is no way when I was 21 years old I ever would have married a pastor. Mm-mm. <laughs> Far from it. <laughs> no offense, you know. But God had to do some things in me. There was a miracle in me that needed to be birthed. So eight days later, they dedicated Jesus. And this is in Luke two thirty-three through 35. Jesus' parents were amazed of what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He he has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and the sword will pierce your very soul. 33 years later, Mary was there when Jesus died on the cross, when he was crucified. Mary was also there when Jesus performed his first miracle. And after Jesus was crucified, Mary was there when he rose again from the dead. And Mary was in the upper room. Mary was a mother. Mary didn't leave her son. Mary didn't forsake what God called her to. From the first time, according to your word, be it done unto me. She never left Jesus in the calling on his life. So think about the miracle you're carrying. Think about the things that God's put on your heart. It really doesn't matter our age. Obviously, Mary was 13 or 14. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. Older women, men, we need the wisdom of God in the church. You know, young people learn from older people. Be some of the older people that step out and say, hey, is there somebody that that wants to be mentored that needs to learn certain things in life? God's given this to me, and I'd love to be able to share it with someone. Just because you have have an age that you think limits you, Obviously, it doesn't according to God, right? So Philippians 4, 6, it says, And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ returns. We can't carry a miracle without God's help. But God's put it in you, and he's going to see it too and through to finish it. And again, remember, it might not look how we think it's going to look. Honestly, I thought when I'm going to, you know, when I have these babies and these kids and they grow up and be adults, they're all going to live like really close to me and we're going to be one happy family. Well, I have to travel really far to see my grandchildren. (laughs) And it might not be the way I choose it, but it's the way God has it. And they're, they're kids that are serving God, that are fulfilling the calling of God on their lives which for me is the very most important thing on earth. I don't care, well, I do care, but if I'd never see them again, (laughs) 
but I know that they're fulfilling the calling of God in their life. There is no greater joy. And so knowing that Mary was an ordinary person, you're an ordinary person, I'm an ordinary person, God can use every one of us. What became extraordinary about Mary or extraordinary was that if she wouldn't have chosen to obey God, how differently would things have been? Imagine if she would have said, nah, I'm not going to ride on that donkey 90 miles. You can forget it, God. You know? (laughs) Imagine. But what have we said no to God about? No, you know, if I have a really good voice and I can play some amazing bass guitar, or I'm really good on the drums, but Tuesday night practice, eh, I come to church Sunday morning, so so what? But it's the truth. (laughs) Answering the calling of God isn't convenient. Answering the calling of God, the miracle he placed in your life isn't convenient. So when I think about all the ordinary people Jesus used, God used, I think about Noah. He didn't even know what an ark was, but he built that ark. Moses led the children of Israel. And what about that See that split? That's probably pretty extraordinary. Sarah was 90 and wearing maternity clothes. How many of you are 90 yet? (laughs) Those are all miracles. Those are people who said yes to God. The wise men, again, anywhere from 400 to 500. I saw one place that said 800 miles, so when I have more time, I'll really look at how far and how long it took. But knowing that they obeyed God and said yes. And then think about the little boy with the two fish and the five loaves. And it said 5,000 people, but that didn't count the women and children. So probably 15,000 or more were fed by that little boy. And then Jesus Christ, who died on the cross. Imagine that obedience. Knowing that you're going to be tortured. (laughs) Knowing that you're going to suffer but it's for the sake of other people. It's for the sake of salvation. Romans 8.1 or 8.11, it says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Do you know that same spirit? that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, dwells in us. But it can only dwell in us when we ask him to come into our heart and be the Lord of our lives. And being the Lord of your life, Jesus being the Lord is different than him being your Savior. You can believe that Jesus died on the cross. I I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe he forgave our sins. I even believed he could heal people, but I wasn't making him the Lord of my life. And that's the difference. Make him Lord of every area in your life, not just the compartmentalized areas that you're keeping him in a box. Are you willing to say, yes, Lord? 
And it's hard to say, yes, Lord. (laughs) You know, I think of Pastor Matt and I, we're not pastors that punch a time clock. We're here from nine to five. And you know what, if somebody's sick or somebody's dealing with things, oh, well, we're here nine to five. As a matter of fact, (laughs) at least three nights a week, our schedule is sometimes 10, 11 o'clock at night and sometimes in the middle of the night. But it doesn't matter because we're called of God and we said yes. We didn't say yes to certain hours. We didn't say yes to anything except Jesus Christ. And so think about what you're willing to say yes to. You carry a miracle. You all carry a miracle. But what are you doing with it? You know, and I'm not saying this to be condemning or anything like that, but it's really just spending your time with Jesus and saying, God, help me to fulfill what you've called me to. Help me to give birth to the miracle that you've placed on the inside of me. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every person that's out here today, those that are sitting in this room and those that are listening online. God, I thank you that only you can make our dreams come true. And the dreams that you give us are are so different then we can dream up ourselves. So God, we just ask that the miracle that you're wanting to birth in us, that you bring to pass. And Father, your word says that my sheep hear my voice and the voice of a stranger they won't follow. So God, I thank you that we all hear your voice in Jesus' name. And so now again, keep your eyes closed. If there are those of you sitting out here and you're like, I don't have that kind of talk relationship with Jesus. I don't know him in that kind of personal way. But I know he's put things inside me. I know I have dreams and I know I have visions for my future. But you don't know that Jesus If you want to know that Jesus, I just ask that you raise your hand and acknowledge him in your life. I see that. I see that. Thank you, Jesus. And so now say this prayer after me and and let my words be yours. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you died on the cross for me. And I ask that you come into my heart and become the Lord of my life. That you make my life exactly what you want it to be. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to spend some time in worship. We're going to worship to that song, Build My Life. And so... Again, let this message, let this song pair together and help bring birth to that miracle that God's placed in your heart. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.